Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's best books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 52 books per year and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each book. Today I'm going to cover From the Holy Mountain by William Dalrymple, A Journey Among the Christians of the Middle East. This is book 35 of 52 for my 2022 reading list. Well, the year is 578 AD, and John Moskos and his pupil Sophronius the Sophist are traveling around the Byzantine East. They are going to different monasteries, and they're seeking the wisdom of the monks, the sages, the mystics, the desert fathers of that time. They're starting to see the the Byzantine world, the Byzantine empire crumble around them, and they're contemporaries of Muhammad. So they are about uh, the the world is about to to experience a a a birth of a new religion, and this is about to change. This will change this whole area that they're that they're traveling in, and so. The premise of this book is William Dalrymple, the author, is seeking to retrace the steps of these two monks 1,400 plus years later and see what's changed and to, to see how these Christian communities are, how, how they're doing in, in today's time. And so that's, that's the premise. Uh, Dalrymple wrote this book in 1997. And many of the monasteries that John Moskos and Sophronius were visiting at that time are st- were still there. So it's 1997. William Dalrymple is able to go to some of these monasteries. So some of the monasteries are still active. Some of them, it's just kind of the buildings. Uh, but 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 he's able to go to to a lot of these same places. And what we see right away is that if change occurs in these monasteries, it it happens very slowly. And so if, if you're witnessing monks today, chances are a lot of their traditions, a lot of their songs, a lot of the method and ways that they do things have not changed all that much since John Moskos was there 1,400 years ago. So it's it's just kind of a neat thing to consider as, as you're going through this book. Uh, one, one other uh, just really interesting thing is that Sophronius, the, the pupil of John Moskos, ends up becoming the patriarch of Jerusalem later on. Uh, so again, this is, this is occurring before Islam, but John Moskos is alive at the time of Muhammad. So it's it's the birth of this uh, about to be the birth of this this new religion. Dalrymple's retracing these steps. Uh, he starts in Greece. He moves to on to Istanbul, which was Constantinople during Moskos's time, and it, it's it's actually the place where Moskos wrote wrote his book uh, called The Spiritual Meadow, and, the, and that was the book about his travels, and it was one of the most popular books at at that time. So after uh, Constantinople, uh, Istanbul. Uh, uh, William Dalrymple next goes to Turkey, then to Syria, then to Lebanon, then to Israel, and then on to Egypt. So you see the the Christian communities in these different areas. Uh, William Dalrymple is a journalist, and so he, that that's kind of his his main method of 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 pursuing this. He's 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 going as a journalist. So he's he's seeking to learn, he's seeking to obviously retrace John Moskos's steps, but also to see how the community is faring in today's age. So he asks 
some basic questions like what what is causing the the population of Christians in these different areas to to go down uh, is it Islamic fundamentalism is it emigration uh, for better opportunities elsewhere is it persecution is it you know what is it why why are the community of Christians which which in the past were strong why why are they disintegrating so I, I love those kind of constraints uh, just this this idea of trying to retrace, someone's steps and do that 1400 years later. Uh, the, a, a book I read a few years ago for this project by William Dalrymple was called In Xanadu, and that was his first book. And in that book, he retraces Marco Polo's journey from Jerusalem to China. And that that was uh, very interesting as well. I, I, I have read other William Dalrymple books. In 2007, I, I studied in India for a while. And uh, not for a while, but for a I was there for a month. And and while I was there, I would, I'm sorry, William Dalrymple, but I would buy your books from these. Uh, they were not, they were not, you were not getting any money from these because these were, were just ripped off books. But they were, they were books about India that William Dalrymple had written. And I really enjoyed those. I also wrote, uh, read one that he wrote about the British when they were in Afghanistan. And that was also fascinating. Uh, so I've, I have a lot of experience with, with William Dalrymple. I, I've really enjoyed his books. And so I think it was last year, I, I just I sent him a message on Twitter and I said, of all of your books, which one would you recommend the most? And this is the one that he said, From the Holy Mountain. So I, I bought it right away uh, and, and then added it to, to this year's list. So it's kind of the story of why I read it, but uh, also just know that, that I have uh, read a lot of his books. I really enjoy enjoy them, and I've learned a lot from from the author. So I was happy to uh, to get into this book. For reading stats, it's, it's a 454 page book. It took me uh, over 12 hours to read. That was over 17 days. Uh, I, I've been busy with work. Uh, there was some travel while I was reading this, and so I, I was reading 27 pages per day on this book, which is kind of on the low end of my books this year. But that does not mean that I did not enjoy it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just had so much going on that I couldn't read as fast as uh, I, I need to to get through all my books, and that that a, a speed that I would rather like to just to to kind of read it faster and have it uh, be more more compact. So for the rest of this segment, uh, or, or for the rest of this episode, I'm going to cover two other segments here. The next segment will just be a few things that stuck out in the book. And then in segment three, I'll cover the one thing, my one key takeaway, the thing that I'm still thinking about after reading from the Holy Mountain. One idea I mentioned in the first segment that that I thought about a lot while I was reading this book was just that idea that sacred traditions change very slowly through the ages. And so William Dalrymple, as he's in some of these monasteries, he's sharing some of the things that he's witnessing. And in one of them, he was witnessing this, this song and the, the, um, he's just thinking this, this is probably very similar to how these songs were, were originally done. Um, and if you're considering perhaps some of the oldest songs in in Christendom, he he was probably hearing some of them. Uh, if 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 we take that premise that that some of the sacred traditions have have changed very slowly, if if at all over 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 time, so it's just really neat to think about. So you, you've got songs, you've got um, 
just habits and and methods of 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 worshiping, methods of being, methods of of living uh, in these monasteries, and so. I, I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed thinking about that. I enjoyed uh, reading about that as he was traveling to these different different areas. Uh, he made a few statements that, that I thought were really cool. So uh, the first is this, relics were holes in the curtain wall separating the human from the divine. Uh, relics, they, every monastery you'd go to, they, they would have a relic. Now, whether whether they were they were real or not uh, was another thing, but but people believed that they were real, and 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 Dalrymple states that they were holes in the curtain wall separating the human from the divine. So these relics might be like the bone of a of a saint, or uh, a, a sliver from the cross, or or something like that, um, and and a hole in the curtain separating the human from the divine. I just I liked that that picture. Another thing he said was that Byzantine holy men believed suffering wore away the curtain that separated the visible world from the divine. So again, that idea there's this there's this separation, but there's there's kind of these uh, these holes in that there, there's there's ways where the divine gets through to the visible world, and uh, and Byzantine men at that time believed that suffering was one way where that could happen. And so you have these things called stylites that would that would go on uh, columns. They would stand on high columns and, and just stay there the entire day and, and um, talk or shout to people from up there. But the point was to, to, to suffer. They'd be in the sun all day. They're, there's not, you know, they're not uh, eating and drinking and they're not, um, they're not on ground. They're, they're, they're way up and people would come from all over to, to gain wisdom from them. And I, you know, you don't hear about stylites, uh, nowadays, but um, they, were, they were very popular at that time. I, I wanted to read to that. I'm just going to read, it's like four, four sentences or four, four kind of uh, short thoughts here about some of the different areas that, that he, that Dalrymple traveled to that was along the path that Moscow's, Moscow's took. And the reason I want to read this is that this is just a very short highlight of what Dalrymple found when he was in these places. And the reason I want to highlight this is I hope you'll read this book too. And I hope this sparks an interest in, in you wanting to get to know more behind the story of, of the different communities in these areas and, and what, what they're up to now. So, so let's start with, with Turkey. In, in Southeast Turkey, the Syrian Christians were caught in the crossfire of a civil war, a distinct ethnic group trodden underfoot in the scrummage between two rival nationalisms, one Kurdish, the other Turkish. Here it was their ethnicity as much as their religion which counted against the Christians. They were not Kurds and they were not Turks, therefore they did not fit in. So that was for Turkey. Now let's go to Lebanon. In Lebanon, the Maronites had reaped a bitter harvest of their own sowing. Their failure to compromise with the country's Muslim majority had led to a destructive civil war that ended in a mass emigration of Christians and a proportional diminution of, in Maronite power. So that was Lebanon. Now let's go to Israel. The dilemma of the Palestinian Christians was quite different again. Their problem was that, like their Muslim compatriots, they were Arabs in a Jewish state, and as such suffered as second-class citizens in their own country, regarded with a mixture of suspicion and contempt by their Israeli masters. However, unlike most of the Muslims, they were educated professionals and found it relatively easy to emigrate. 
which they did in mass. Very few were now left. So there we, we have Palestinian Christians in Israel. Last one here is Egypt. So only in Egypt was the Christian population unambiguously threatened by a straightforward resurgence of Islamic fundamentalism. And even there, such violent fundamentalism was strictly limited to specific Cairo suburbs and a number of towns and villages in Upper Egypt, even if some degree of discrimination was evident across the country. So those are four different areas and and how the population of Christians in those areas is diminishing. Uh, it's not just because of Islamic fundamentalism. Now, this book was written before 2001, and so it, it'd be interesting to, for him to, to maybe revisit this and, and maybe do an update. But uh, it, in, in only one of the areas was the population kind of solely threatened by Islamic fundamentalism. Uh, in the other areas, it was emigration, it was not being the right ethnic group, it was, uh, and then in Lebanon, it was something completely different. So this is what this book goes into. So yes, Dalrymple is, is retracing the steps of Mos Moscos, John Moscos, but he's also seeing the Christian communities in these in these areas. He's meeting the Christians there. He's talking to them, and he's finding out, you know, what what happened, or what's your life like, and um, are you scared? And so it's just a very neat look, and and that's just a, a brief intro of of some of the things that he that he found. And I hope that sparks an interest for you to 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 look further. In, in the next segment, I will cover the one thing, my one key takeaway from this book. One of my favorite parts of this book was where Dalrymple kind of discovers, in a way, uh, it's it kind of known, but he discovers in particular iconography that originated in Egypt with the Coptic Christians there, how that showed up in Scotland and Ireland around the time that John Moskos was writing his book. So 1,400 plus years ago, you're seeing uh, influence from Egypt to Scotland and Ireland. And so just even the question, you know, how, how did that happen? How did it get there? Um, and, and Dalrymple offers some ideas for that. But, but here's a statement. Certainly there is a growing body of evidence to suggest that contact between the Mediterranean and the Celtic fringe was possible. And if we take a step back from that, uh, you could say a, a thesis of this book would be uh, and this is a direct quote, Christianity is an Eastern religion which grew firmly rooted in the intellectual ferment of the Middle East, end quote. And you might think, yeah, duh, that, that's, that's obvious. But in this book, you see that influence and you see the influence of these Christian communities, these monasteries, the, this, these Byzantine Christian Christians and holy men, and sages and, and wise men, and you see their influence through history. And, it, and it's so interesting. And to understand Christianity, you've, you've got to understand this, that it, that it is an Eastern religion that was, that was rooted in the intellectual ferment of the Middle East. And so, yes, on the one hand, to, to understand that, but then what do you do with actually visiting these places and seeing the Christian community there almost near extinction. And so that's, that's, the, that's the balance of this book. That's the, the tension of this book is just look at this influence. And yet, if you go there now, 
the people are scared. Like they're moving away. And it's just a fascinating look at all of that. And so if you're interested at all in, in the history of Christianity, if you're interested at all in the current state of, of different areas of the Middle East, and particularly the Christian community in different areas of the Middle East, uh, if you're just interested in, in kind of hearing a journalist's point of view of, of this and, and retracing the steps of, of two men from 1,400 years ago, going to some of the same places, this is a really neat book in in that sense. So I hope you you will pick it up. I hope you do read it. It was it was very interesting. I've I've already suggested it to to a number of people. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you if you've if you've read this book or maybe some other books by William Dalrymple. You can email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. Let me know what you thought of this book or or others by Dalrymple. Um, I will be back in a few weeks or next week covering another book from this year's reading list. So until then, keep listening, keep reading, and keep learning. I'm out.